everybody, how you doing? It's Cole Cabana, professional wrestler and professional podcaster. You are not listening to The Art of Wrestling, but you are listening to Behind the Gorilla. What a week it's been. So much to talk about, and so many things we can't talk about. <laughs> oh. Me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Gorilla. Um, It's going to be a fun one here today. A little different. We're pretty much just going to go straight into the topic because we covered Wrestle Kingdom uh, 14, our, our thoughts on that on the show that I posted yesterday. So you can go and listen to that, our review of Wrestle Kingdom. Of course, the last few matches are just me talking about them because Harris decided not to finish it and then not to let me spoil them for him. So that that's where we are, but that's fine. That's fine. So go and listen to that, though, if you want to hear our thoughts on uh, an awesome, awesome Wrestle Kingdom show. Now, hang on, Mark. Before we get into the topic, there was another major thing that happened this week in wrestling. I can't believe you forgot about it. Well, I hadn't gotten to it yet. Are you getting to it? Are going to talk about it? I am, yes. Okay. okay, you made it sound like we weren't going to do any current events at all, and I just I have some other stuff that needs to be discussed. Well, of course. Of course it needs to be discussed, okay. because we got to talk about what happened with David Arquette. Yeah, that too, I suppose. What? What do you mean that too? <laughs> what do you want to do first? Do you want to do David Arquette? No, we're talking about Dave, we're talking about David Arquette right now. Okay. Okay, let's do it. So David Arquette was in action again, Harris. We haven't seen him I in action that. in a while. And uh he was back in action over the uh New Year's Eve and New Year's with uh Bar Wrestling. He had a big tag team match with RJ City himself. Uh, Colt Cabana and Joey Ryan, and they, uh, they, they. I think they won. I don't remember though, but I think I don't remember if they won or not. I only saw bits and pieces of all this stuff, just from people who post it on uh, like Instagram and stuff like that. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. That that seemed like a lot of fun that match. And then they had they had another match. I think just a tag team match with RJ City and David Arquette the next night, but a lot of fun wrestling with uh with our our show's patron saint, patron saint David Arquette. Harris just really likes his American flag jacket. That was an awesome jacket. Are you kidding me? It is. It, it is so cool. It is awesome. I totally agree. It was one of the coolest jackets. I don't just like I've his seen. jacket, but yeah, that's what that's what I remembered the most. That was the thing that stood out to him the most. Yeah, which it, which is it, it's perfectly fair. It's just the perfect amount of like classic, but also very over the top that I feel like is a lot of David Arquette's character in wrestling today. That is David Arquette's character. Like that. That's exactly what. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. Oh man! But uh, so that was a lot of fun. Again, I don't know how much more we'll see from David Arquette in the ring. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, we see a lot more because I'm all for it. And he, well, needs, and hope- he needs to come to somewhere where we can go and see him wrestle in person. 
Absolutely. And hopefully, I mean, his documentary will have some more in-ring action because yeah, we yeah. know he's been around this entire, you know, Arquette Renaissance, if you will. But a lot of that hasn't been on pay-per-view or hasn't been streamable. A lot of that has just been big indie shows, but like house indie shows. Right. You know what I mean? So the more we can see of David Arquette, the better, obviously. Most definitely. So that's been the biggest thing going on with David Arquette. He was back in the ring, traveling around with um, with RJ City, and uh, having having some some awesome wrestling matches. So awesome, love seeing that from David Arquette. All right, Harris, what are you talking about? That All you right, so talk there's about? a third thing that happened this week, and I can't believe that you would just gloss over it. So of course you have Wrestle Kingdom, which we did a whole show on that you listened to yesterday, and then you have. David Arquette back in the ring again for different New Year's shows, and that's great. Oh, right. But you also had, Mark just remembered, Lana and Bobby Lashley got married, Mark. And Harris, How could you forget because the I most didn't, significant because, thing to happen in wrestling all week? I didn't watch it because you told me not to, so I forgot. <laughs> Correct. Uh, like, I saw, was, I saw okay. a few like brief like pictures or clips of stuff mm-hmm. but i don't yep. know what happened because you asked me not to but because of that i then <laughs> forgot <laughs> okay well that's fair that's fair but that's good that's why i'm here okay little peek behind the curtain for a second i started i i forget what was i think there was a bowl game on monday night i wasn't watching raw and then i remembered oh yeah they're doing this and I'm going to have to talk about this on Behind the Gorilla next week. So I tuned in. You should have just waited, and then we could have done an episode in three years. <laughs> well, I didn't think, to be honest with you, I didn't think it would be enough for an episode. Right. But about four minutes into it, I texted Mark and said, listen, I have got to talk about this on this week's show. Do not, like, because I knew you weren't going to tune into Raw. I was like, do not read right. spoilers or anything. Because I, I got to break this down. It went all viral, right. and it got the most views of anything WWE's yep. ever had on YouTube and all this stuff, and I have not seen it. I, I avoided it. <laughs> okay. All right. I know Strap there's a cake, I know- and I know there's a smashed mm-hmm. cake, which, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that that's not even a spoiler. Like, of course. Uh, right. But I, and I know a bunch of people, like, came out, and that's all I know. Okay. So, listen. Like, yeah, first of all, it main evented the show. Because, of course, it did. Like, I can't think of a more... What else would have main evented at this point, though? I can't think of a more Wrestle Kingdom antithesis than the Lana and Bobby Lashley wedding main eventing Raw. Right. right. So they come... Like, like again, I tuned in at like right after it started. So they're in the ring, and they have an officiant, and they have a giant cake. It's like seven feet tall, right in the front of the ring. Sure. And right away, uh, no one else has been invited. I don't know how they thought they were going to eat all that cake. You don't wow. even have cake at the wedding. You have it at the reception. I but mean, no Bobby wrestling Lashley's wedding has ever followed dude. that rule before. I mean, Bobby what? Lashley's a big dude. I, I'm sure he can oh, put that's down true. some cake. He's, he's cultivating mass. I didn't think about that. It's probably a protein cake or something. So, <laughs> first of all, right away, I have to say, the officiant in charge of this wedding stole the entire show like i didn't this is not going to be this is not a topic but it almost could be and i'm going to try to keep this brief but you know how we cover certain topics and about halfway through you realize hey this is garbage but this one person almost makes it worth it whether it's their performance (laughs) or their script or whatever sure that's this guy (laughs) like he's trying to play it straight 
but he's a good enough actor to be very clearly upset by the two horrible people in the ring with him, <laughs> but not so much that he stops. Like if I had to compare him to someone, it would be the caseworker in the Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero, like paternity match. <laughs> Go back and listen to that episode to know who I'm talking about, but just did this because it's his job because he's passionate about seeing people in love, getting married but just unprepared for what he was about to encounter. So the second thing I want to say is as I get to the ring, Lana says, you know, before we start, I have a couple words to say. And then she proceeds to talk for about three uninterrupted minutes about just absolutely nothing. Mark, it's the worst promo I've ever seen. Harris, every one of her promos is that. Like, I feel like that's her gimmick. No, but that's the thing. That's the thing. Like, here's somebody pointed this out. You remember when she was Russian and Rusev was Russian and they were a team? Right. She can cut a good promo. She knows yeah, how to Yeah, she's do all right. It. Yeah, she's okay. She knows how to work the crowd, and she was very, very good during that initial run. Well, I would not you say very, when, very good, but she was she was fine. She, she did the I job. Pointed this out, I pointed this out a few weeks ago when we were talking about a Stephanie McMahon angle, I think. And I said, I think Stephanie McMahon is more talented than we think she is. Because there's something to be said for when you're the bad guy intentionally giving a bad performance. Right. Because the crowd will do that. I have never seen that more exemplified than Lana in the ring in this segment. It's absolutely terrible. And it's it's incredible. Like you can't be this bad without having some idea of what you're doing. That's the only way. I, she's come, <laughs> She says, and I want I just want to thank you all for coming. And tuning in to watch me because it's all about me and I am what matter and I'm more important than you. And she just keeps going like it's not I, I can't articulate to you how bad it is. But she keeps just repeating stuff like that. Even when it doesn't make sense, she keeps talking about her and what a selfish garbage human being she is. And you really hate her. Right. And it's so bad. That it has to be sort of intentional. That's the only way I can put it. But then, so the officiant gets to the part where they read their vows, and of course they wrote their own vows. And it's terrible. But, you know, Lana is like, you know, this is the best day of your life, Bobby Lashley, because you're marrying me. And I'm the best thing that has ever happened to you. And That's Bobby probably Lashley's true. Vows- <laughs> no, 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 no. No, him beating Omaga with Donald Trump at WrestleMania 23 yep. is the peak <laughs> for Bobby Lash, and it will never get bigger than that. You just won with a president. That doesn't get bigger than that. Sorry. Sorry, Bobby. Sorry, Lana. There's a there's a non-zero chance that they have Donald Trump back at WrestleMania one day, so I'll say <laughs> no, for there, now. No, there's the at least a 75% chance he, he is at another WrestleMania when, when, whenever he's done being president. What if he's at this year's WrestleMania? There's a it would be amazing. That it would happens. be amazing. It would it would be awesome. It would. Oh my word! There's at anyway. least there's at least a ten percent chance that that he could yeah. be there. Yeah. So Bobby Lashley literally says like, "Thank you for letting me marry you." It's that kind of thing, which is weird because their whole relationship is like, "Look at how big and strong and hot he is," but he's just totally whipped. Right. At one point, like they they can't stand it anymore and they just stop their vows and start making out and like <laughs> i didn't realize this is what this was but lana has this weird smudge on her face the rest of the segment so for like the next 10 minutes the next things i'm going to describe 
I couldn't figure out what it was. I thought it was like the lighting in the ring or something. And then somebody on Twitter pointed out it's Bobby Lashley's makeup because he's a, <laughs> you know, Bobby Lashley's a black guy. Right. So he's got like black foundation on or something. Right. And when they made out, their faces smushed together and there's now black makeup on Lana's face for the rest <laughs> of the segment. That, that's so just, now, that fits. It's, Yeah. It's already off to a great start. So the officiant starts to get to it, and he's like, all right, now, this is my least favorite part of any wedding, but if there's anyone here who has any good reason why these two should not be married, and I'm looking at the clock, and it's about, you know, 10.58, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I hope nobody's going to come storming out of the cake. (laughs) And then somebody says, no, I object. You know, you've seen Shrek. You know how it goes. Stop the wedding. Right. Stop the wedding. And this guy comes out, and it's not Rusev. Or, I don't know, like Dolph Ziggler had a relationship with Lana at one point. Yeah. It's not any of those guys. It's not anyone you've ever seen before. <laughs> it's just the guy. And he comes out to the <laughs> ring, and he says, I was Lana's first husband <laughs> before Rusev. Oh no. We got married the day she turned 18. And oh, then no. she divorced me and she left me for Rusev, that son of a bitch. And then she divorced that son of a bitch and started dating this son of a bitch. Oh no. <laughs> Harris, I'm already done. Again, you talk about an I'm extra out. stealing the show. This guy came in, knew exactly what he was doing, and just went for it. Oh. But then he gets to the ring. Bobby Lashley just beats the crap out of him and rolls him out of the ring. And then we go back to the wedding. Like, there's no consequence. Oh my Nothing gosh. comes of this. And the pastor says, okay, well, um, I guess that's fine. And then he, he does it again. <laughs> he says, oh, if there's anyone else here, because I guess that's part of it. You have to give everyone a chance. Right. If there's anyone else here who has any good reason why these two – and we've already run a little bit over time at this point. And then another person says, no, 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 why object? And it's just a woman. <laughs> again, she's not a wrestler. I've never seen her before in my life. Uh, she's probably she a wrestler. she makes her way down to the ring. What? She's probably a wrestler. Same well, with no, the other guy. You know what I we mean? Just, like she's not right, a, right, she's right. not a character where right. you'd think, oh, this makes sense sure, sure, sure. in any way. <laughs> like if it was Mark, if it was like Dixie Carter, that would be <laughs> stupid. But at least you'd be like, hey, these are two uh, characters who have interacted with each other in the past. Dixie this Carter, that would be wow. Something. Okay, yeah. No, it's just another woman, and she comes down to the ring and she says, I was Bobby Lashley's first wife. Right, right. And we got married when he was in the military, and it was beautiful. And right. you, and then Lana beats the crap out of her and <laughs> rolls her out of the ring, and we're just, and we're done. Yeah, yeah. So we're now like, we're now like five, six, seven minutes over at this wow. point, which is not that remarkable. But, you know, whenever they go past 11 o'clock, you're like, all right, they got to be almost done. Right. Because that's, you know, that's hard to do, and it's expensive and whatever. Sure. So now, okay, we've had two run-ins. That was a little weird, but we're 10 minutes over, so let's just get to the cake. And the guy says, if there's anyone here who has any reason why these two, no, stop the wedding. And Liv Morgan comes out. Yeah, I did hear about I did hear that. Yeah. Who at least is a WWE wrestler, like a character we've seen on television. Yeah. And she starts... She starts making her way to the ring. She says, after she's also been gone for months. Through, 
Yeah, and they've been building up her re-debut, probably some sort of new character, new gimmick. And she starts talking about how, you know, when I came to the WWE, I was just a lost teenager. I was just a child, but your love helped me grow and become who I'm supposed to be. And I can't believe you would do this to me after all the love that we've had. Bobby Lashley says, I've never spoken to you in my life. And Liv Morgan says, I wasn't talking about you. Right, of course. Every, yeah, I saw that crowd, coming a mile away. And then the crowd pops huge because, you know, we get what we deserve. <laughs> and lesbians, it's it's revolutionary. And then they 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 kind of have a stare down and the crowd's going nuts because we're all just dumb 13 year olds. Oh, yeah. And then they start fighting and then the crowd instantly stops. It was like you just wanted to see them make out. And as soon as they don't, (laughs) it's just dead again. (laughs) And then she kind of she doesn't get beaten down like the other two, but she gets knocked out of the ring. And Lana's like, finish the wedding, finish the wedding. And then Rusev comes out and it takes him like two minutes to get out of the cake. Like he can't quite do it because the cake (laughs) is too big. Right. And he gets stuck in one of the pieces of the cake. And then they start fighting, and then Liv Morgan comes running back in and stuffs Lana's face in the cake. And then mercifully – oh, wait. First of all, <laughs> Rusev pops out and says Rusev cake, like Rusev oh, Day, uh, and yeah. then beats up Bobby Lashley. And then the show ends, and it was just – it was like 20 minutes too long and the dumbest car crash of a segment I've ever seen, and it was kind of incredible. And I didn't mean to go on for this long about it, but – it's just it's absolutely bananas. And somebody pointed this out in we get what we deserve. It was the highest rated segment of the show, despite being the stupidest thing they've done. I was going to say all year. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't even know. I just know that, like, it was stupid and I don't want this to be what wrestling is. But also I tuned in for it and a lot of other people did, too. So this is kind of all our fault in a way. Uh, the crowd was dumb. Don't pop for cheap lesbian shock and awe. I can see an argument that like, oh, this is offensive to, you know, gay women because it portrays them as catty and dumb and shallow. And I think there's a point to that. I think the counterpoint to that is this entire angle portrays everyone as catty and dumb, including straight men and women. So like, it's just stupid. It's, it's, it's offensive across the board. That's okay. all I wanted to say. We can move on. That's my current event for the week. I can't imagine anything less Wrestle Kingdom than this angle. But I felt obligated to break it down for you here this week. Um, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Harris. You know what the worst part of this whole thing is? What? The worst part of this whole thing is Liv Morgan was actually an interesting character before they took her off tv she was kind of she was different kind of quirky kind of like kind of weird like young and peppy i don't know with like in the riot squad i thought she had a good a fairly interesting and different type of character a different look and and all this stuff and now i just feel like we're gonna have a generic i don't even know just everything i've seen it's just like oh they're just making her a generic sexy woman and now maybe a lesbian they'll add that in there which is i guess a little different but i don't know i feel like she had like a unique type of thing and now it's just kind of blah 
with this whole re-makeover. And I, just, I don't really see what the point of it was. But I don't really see what the point of it was if you're going to tease her debut with hype packages. Right. And then just have her come out in a segment. Right. That is completely unrelated to her new character. Now, I read – I mean they did this because Paul Heyman likes her and wants to push her. Right. So he just looked at it and said, OK, well, this will be the biggest angle of the show. Let's put her out there so people see her. Sure. The booking logic of that I get. I really hope there's something else going on here. Like yeah. if you find out after they, you know, because they're going to keep dragging this out. If you find out after a few weeks that they never had any romantic history that Liv Morgan just hates her or something, you know, and she was like lying about that to distract from her wedding and ruin her wedding. Like that would at least be more interesting than I'm a jilted lover and a pretty catty blonde woman. Cause, right. You know, we haven't seen that before. Never, I don't know. Never one time. I don't time. think it makes a lot of sense. We're definitely not talking about that for this topic. No, but when the oh jeez, I didn't even think about that. Now, I what I will say is I talked about this. I think the last time I commented on this angle, if you're gonna be stupid and you're just gonna like wallow in the tawdry kind of offensive mess that is a storyline, just really go for it. And they really went for it. Like when the third person came out to object to the wedding, that was when I was officially like, all right, we've jumped the shark. It's good again. <laughs> Maybe it's not good, but it just became worth watching. Like they really went for it. I don't know if that makes it good. It does make it watchable in a train wreck sort of sense. Well, I'm glad you watched it. <laughs> um, all right. So enough of that. We got to get into the topic because it's kind of long, but I promise it's worth it. I promise it's worth it, Harris. Th this is some of the most fun. I've had a lot of fun on a lot of research things, but but I had I had quite a bit of fun with this one because, you know, you you find a topic where you're like, all right, this is ridiculous. Let's follow this. There's a, there's enough here for an episode, and then you mm -hmm. get to a point, you get to that one moment when you're like, oh my gosh, it got a hundred times better. I could never have dreamed it would get this good. And this has that moment in a big, big way. So what we're going to do, Harris, what are the two years we have talked about more than any others? Uh, WCW in 2000. Right. And is it 2010? No. WWE in 2010? 2011. Okay. 2011. I'm See, I was close. Those are the two years we've done at least like eight combined episodes yeah. on, if yeah. not more. Well, Harris, we, we have not done a non-WWE episode in, like, seven months. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. Like, we've done, like, the WCWs and some review things and some mixed things. Like, we've done some of that, but as far as, like, a full topic, it has been mm -hmm. a long time since mm -hmm. we've done, I think, your King... And not seven months, that's a lie. It's uh, But it's been a couple of months. I think the King Maxwell one was the last non-WWE <laughs> actual episode. So my whole thing was, all right, I'm not doing a WWE one. So, of course, I, I'm looking through my topics because I got a list of a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. And I inevitably stumble onto one that's WCW. And what a surprise. It takes place in the year 2000. <laughs> Harris... This literally is happening when three other episodes we've already talked about are going on, like all at the same time. 
Judy Bagwell storyline yes. is going on right now. The Mike Awesome Fat Chicks is going on right now as well. And then this one is happening all at the exact same time. So as I'm watching through stuff, I was like, oh, there's that. And then, oh, surprise David Arquette. You know, like as I'm going yeah. through, I got to kind of re-see, re-watch some of this stuff. So it was a lot of fun. That's See, here's the thing. And like, I've mentioned some of this before mm-hmm. in another episode because it goes hand in hand with the Judy back or um, with yeah. the uh, the uh, Mike Awesome thing. There is a crossover a little bit. So I've I've briefly See, mentioned this before, but we're getting into it here. Okay. Watching this is what cracks me up about any topic we have in these those two given years. Like watching the Lana Bobby Lashley thing just kind of keep happening week after week and knowing it's insane and like topic worthy for this show is weird and it's wild to watch it in real time. I can't imagine three other things equally insane happening (laughs) at the same time. Yeah, dude, the year 2000 in WCW is one for the ages, man. I mean, it is, it's it's gotta be the greatest worst year of programming in any medium ever. And, uh, (laughs) but it's so horrible that it's great. And it's all episodes because it's just that bad. Yeah. Um, it's not boring that, that is the b- biggest praise you can give this time period in WCWs. It is not boring. No, it is not. All right, let's get to um, it. All right, so we're going back to there, and we're starting the summer, so kind of June of 2000. Mm-hmm. Billy Kidman is in the biggest feud of his career with Hollywood Hogan. He he's heel. He's with the New Blood, and they're kind of they're going against the established guys. That's kind of the big thing, like Vince Russo and. Uh, Eric Bischoff are, te- are kind of joined forces with this new blood to kind of drive out the old, old guys. Um, so Kidman's one of these guys, kind of a heel. So he's already lost two matches. But this time, we're at the Great American Bash. And this time, it's going to be different. Because if Hogan loses, then Hogan has to retire. Yes, this is a retirement match for Hulk Hogan. So, of course, that's different, right? No, it's not different. Kidman loses. Um <laughs> But the difference is his manager and real-life girlfriend, Tori Wilson, turns on him, gives Hogan brass knuckles to help defeat Kidman. Of course, it does backfire as Kidman actually takes and uses the knuckles on Hogan. But, of course, Hogan kicks out immediately. (laughs) Wait. So he loses to Hulk Hogan, but it's not by the cheating that just happens. No. There's cheating, there's a heel turn, and then that's immediately buried. Right, and then... So that Hogan can just kick out and beat him anyway. Right. He does end up knocking the ref out with the knuckles. Well, but duh. then then Tori Wilson comes back in and low blows him, and that's how Hogan wins. See, you have, like, a good wrestling turn and story right there. Right. And then they just immediately waste it. Right. Instantly. Yes. Instantly. That's where we I'm are. I'm sorry. I know, like, it's early in the topic to be pissed off, but that's so <laughs> stupid. Oh, uh, no, it's not. Not not comparatively, oh, Harris. Oh, my word. But, this is uh, going to be bad. Yes, it is. Okay. Oh, it's great. Um, okay. So, Tori kind of disappears from TV until the next pay-per-view. <laughs> okay. She just is gone. Um, great. And now you got Bash at the Beach. She randomly shows up during uh, Stephen, uh, Stephen uh, Douglas, who's known as the franchise, or sorry, Shane Douglas, who's known as the franchise, is wrestling Buff Bagwell. She shows up while they're wrestling, and everyone's like, what is she doing here? She 
then goes right in and slaps Franchise. Now, Franchise is the heel. Of course, Buff is the babyface because it's about to start the Judy Bagwell thing. But uh, <laughs> but then, as the match keeps going, she's cheering Buff on and stuff. But then, all of a sudden, she comes in and low blows him and is actually with the Franchise, helping him win. So, she is with the Franchise, Shane Douglas. She's found a new man. Next night on Nitro, they both come out and Tori just trashes Billy Kidman. Just, you know, saying he was terrible with me, a horrible person, and of course insinuating that he's that he has a small penis. And that no. and that the franchise is, is far more manly than he is. Great. Um this is a very common threat, Harris, so put a pin in that. Um So na- the next week there's a tournament to crown a new US champion. There's a tournament going on. Um, and the first round, uh, the franchise with Tori is set to take on Kidman. Now, you'd think they might kind of build this up a bit first, but nope, they're just in a match the next week in the first round of the tournament. And so franchise comes out, grabs the mic, trash talks Kidman again. Crowd's actually pretty hot booing. Like, the crowd during this time period is actually pretty good for what's happening in the ring, like this WCW hmm. crowd. Um, they're more vocal than they are now, that's for sure. Um, so Tori again grabs the mic after and she talks, and this time she insinuates that she faked it every time. Very, very unoriginal. (laughs) And, of course, the match happens and Franchise wins. Franchise beats, beats Billy Kidman already. And then he and Tori humiliate him, like, kind of after and slap him around and stuff. So you're kind of like, all right, I thought this feud was just starting, and he's already lost. Now what? Well, later, Lance Storm beats the franchise in the next round, um, and uh, Kidman makes an appearance after the mic and and grabs at Tori. So, like, you know, the match is happening in the ring. Lance Storm has already won. He now comes Mm -hmm. out, is grabbing Tori. For some reason, Lance Storm comes back in and breaks it up only to get, like, a chair dropkick in the face? <laughs> Why sure. does sure. Lance Storm care about what... It's not even, like, Douglas doesn't come in to stop it. Like, Lance Storm, who just was... I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so now the feud's starting to heat up a little. Kidman's, you know, taking offense to this. On Thunder later that week... Franchise and Tori come to the ring, and he again cuts a promo on Kidman about Tori loving, you know, she loves men that work out. That's really what turns her on. And he then pulls out a bag and pulls out a dumbbell that he came to the ring (laughs) in the bag and is curling a dumbbell as he's talking, and Tori is just swooning in front of him and just feeling him up like she cannot touch enough of him. Because the other just curling he was this dumbbell never worked out. Right. Well, that was he. He was insinuating that Kidman doesn't never worked out. Now, to be fair, Kidman looks like a twelve-year-old boy has been grown a few extra years, but he still looks like a twelve-year-old boy. To be fair, but uh, Kidman it's like he's a big kid, man. Yeah, I know. I wonder where that name came from. Mm. Uh, Kidman comes running in. Of course, he beats up on Douglas. He then, of course, goes after Tori. But when he does, Douglas just clocks him on the back of the head with the dumbbell, and then they beat him up again. So so Kidman so far has basically got nothing in this feud. He's just been beat and beaten up just constantly. Yep. 
So the next week on Nitro, Kidman comes out, and or he actually comes out with the broadcast team to broadcast some match. I don't even know what match it was, but he uh, he's but he's saying today is Tori's birthday, and and it actually is her birthday. He even says like as a shoot, like this is actually her birthday. <laughs> he says that on the air, and uh, great, clever. And well, he's brought a very special gift for her, Harris. Just take a guess as to what this gift is. I don't I'd... think you're going to get it. <laughs> the last time you asked me to do this, I thought of the same thing. And it's just stuff you can't put on broadcast television. No, no, no. Say it. I, I, I No, I don't know. I don't okay. know what. He has brought a tape of himself and, and Tori engaging <laughs> in... What he says, some extracurricular activities. Oh, boy. Okay. Vince Russo, ladies yep. and gentlemen. He is at it again. Um, and, of course, the announcers are – now, look, I- I'm going to talk about this announce team coming up in just a second. But it's Tony Schiavone. It's mm-hmm. Mark Madden, and I don't remember who the other guy was. But Mark Madden is like a bad, bad Jerry Lawler. Yikes. Like, that's that's really what what he is. Hang that's on. That's quite a statement. Um, okay, so... Anyway, he, he's like, yeah, he's a bad Jerry Lawler. Like, all the worst parts of Jerry Lawler without any of the good parts. That's kind of what Mark Madden is. Uh, so, backstage, Tori and Franchise are asked are asked about it, about this, this, this tape. And, and Tori is, she looks flustered, and she actually ends up saying that there is one, but then she runs off. She's just... Not very happy with this. Franchise, of course, goes after her. And um, Mark Madden, and as I said, he's just playing the Lawler role and is just super, super excited about this about this tape. Now, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about a similar situation with uh, Tori Wilson, again, with Tori Wilson, with um, the uh, stepmother of her stepdaughter episode where yep. Don Marie blackmails Tori into joining her in a hotel room and then is going to show the footage. Mm-hmm. But, of course, this is a few years before that. And Tori is the heel in this situation <laughs> and right. is getting blackmailed with the tape. So, like, the move by Kidman seems more like a heel move, but whatever. I mean, I guess he's still kind of relearning how to be a babyface after he was just a heel a few weeks ago for a while. <laughs> and also didn't really have, like, a face turn. It just... Mm-hmm. They just kind of were like, you're the face now. Um, also, the Judy Bagwell feud, as I said, was going on at this time. And Kidman has uh, just kidnapped Judy Bagwell and stuffed her in the trunk and driven away. So that actually is happening at this episode. Man, he's got a lot going on. I know, I know. Uh, but Kidman is being interviewed and he and it's announced that he is going to face the franchise at, at New Blood Rising. Which, of course, is our favorite pay-per-view of all time. And he says that he's here to address, you know, to address Tori and her talking about his 
private parts. And he says it got him thinking, and so he dug up something that Tori doesn't want anyone to see. He compares it to the Pamela Anderson-Tommy Lee tape, which at this point had happened like five years before now and was already well, yeah. dated. Obviously. So I mean, that's how everything <laughs> works in wrestling. <laughs> so, uh, but he said he's, he says he's, he's going to show it tonight. Um, so also happening, as I mentioned already, Mike Awesome Fat Chick Thrilla is going on right now. And so, uh, you know, it's three big beat, you know, behind the grill episodes happening at the same time. Um, franchise, though, he's about to defeat Mike Awesome. They're actually in the middle of a match. So I did talk about this a little bit on that episode. But then on the video screen, well, a, a tape starts. And it has Kidman and, and Tori in, in a room. And it's, it's the tape. It is, it is the tape we've been promised. They hop into bed and, and movement ensues. You know, it looks like a PG scene from some TV movie. And uh, Awesome, of course, defeats the franchise while he's distracted. And Tori is just horrified at this and runs out of the arena. Well, or, no, uh, she uh, she's horrified watching it. Kidman appears on the ramp holding some of her uh, undergarments. And um, franchise just storms off to the video truck and just starts beating up the workers. He just starts That's, beating hey, up everyone way, working there. Kind of warranted. That's not an appropriate thing to put on television. Sure, sure. Again, Kidman <laughs> is the face. You have to remember that throughout this whole storyline. Um, Kidman, of course, comes to the ring and he says he's made enough copies for everyone in the crowd and the boys in the back. Tell, the year 2000, he, ladies and gentlemen. He even tells Madden specifically that he's got a special copy for him. And uh, and then he's like, director's cut! Director's cut! Like, it's... Oh, anyways. Uh, cuts to video. And then it cuts to a, vi- to a video, like, backstage video of wrestlers watching different TVs backstage and, like, being fascinated with it. And you, like, hear <laughs> sounds going on and they're like having they're like making gestures about kidman size and stuff like that as this is going on and franchise is just still back in the video truck trying to shut everything down um and so anyway he still hasn't shown this tape to the crowd you saw it for like a few seconds during the match and like that's it but anyway okay you know we that's not that's not what this is about we gotta move on so two days later on thunder the franchise says He's going to fight fire with fire, and they made their own tape. And Tori says she already gave it to the truck. I I don't think that's how this... You know what? Never mind. They clearly mind. didn't learn their lesson. Never mind. From getting beaten up the first time. Um, Then we get a shot of Kidman in the back with a tape and laughing. So it's not a good sign. Okay. okay. Tori and Franchise come to the ring... And Tori says that that was really low of Kidman to show that. And she then says, do you know what kind of position you've put me in? And the crowd goes, yes, yes, <laughs> as does Madden. <laughs> and she then stops and is like, that's not what I meant, sickos. That's pretty good writing, though, because they absolutely <laughs> teed that up. Oh, uh, it was very funny. Uh, that was pretty funny. Um, she even, like, almost starts to laugh after that. Like, it was kind of funny. But uh, Franchise then says he has a better tape that they made last night. 
calls for the tape to be played, but uh, he's now mm-hmm. mortified when instead of the footage, it shows him and Tori in bed, and she is trying to console him for uh, seemingly uh, poor performance. And, uh, you know, he's he clearly did not perform well, and that's what they're talking about, and now he's mortified, and he leaves the ring very quickly, just screaming to turn it off, and backstage, you know, Tor- at backstage later, Tori is assuring him that she knows nothing about this, mm-hmm. uh, but he says he needs space as he's embarrassed, and so he just leaves her. And then once he leaves, here comes Kidman with the tape that they wanted in his hand, and he said mm-hmm. that he went. He said you really should have changed or t- asked for the key back because he says he went through their whole video collection <laughs> and found this tape. Now, so many things we can unpack with this. One, he broke in. To her house and two they have been together for like a, a month maybe how many tapes do they have in that time period franchise and tori and also why would you keep this tape like there's so many there's so many problems with this but uh anyway they apparently have quite the library after a month and uh, it also means by the way Whatever he was looking for when he broke into their house, he had to sit down and watch all of these tapes <laughs> right. to find what he was looking for. Unless that they also were, happened. Unless they were labeled. Maybe they were all labeled. Who knows? Yeah, but you can't, you know, it could Who be knows? mine. Games. You got to make sure. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so, of course, Franchise now comes flying back in and just kicks the crap out of Kidman. Just beats the ever-living crap out of him uh, out, out there. So, we go to Nitro. Harris, this is the moment when this angle went because all I knew was like the sex tape angle. That's really all I knew about right. ahead of time, and I was like, oh, "Okay, uh-huh. th- th- there's a topic in there." Yeah, this is the moment when I realized, no, this is like an all-time great topic because the wow. next week, okay. the next week on Nitro, franchise mm-hmm. goes to the cat's office. Now, Ernest the Cat Miller is the commissioner of WCW during this time period, and he's great. He's a lot of fun, but um. He said he really enjoyed Thunder, and he really enjoyed what happened to Franchise. So, because of that, mm-hmm. he's going to help him out, and he's going to put him in a match against Billy Kidman. Oh, so we're wrestling again, finally. How many weeks has it been? Okay, great. Good, good. But, Harris, this can't be a normal match, right? No. So, you get three guesses as to what type of match this is. Is it a tape on the pole match? Wait, wait, you're very no, no, close. No. It's Viagra on a pole, right? How did you know? I, I've heard that phrase before, and I, I didn't know it was related to this angle until oh. you teed me up for it. Man, you ruined it. I was gonna have this cool reveal, and it was gonna be really I'm funny, so and you sorry. were gonna do your big laugh because you would have. Oh, it was I'm funny, so sorry, dude. Literally, it. though, I am. I remembered as you set that up, and I was like, well, it's got to be on a pole because it's 2000 in WCW true and i just i knew that this happened i didn't know the context or who was involved at all but yes. i don't know do you want to just pretend yes. that i don't know and no give me your no no, reveal no. Anyway? no. Okay. like because they they make this big deal that something you know i mean i'm telling you this is just something that had never been done before or since and, and to me this is the peak of vince russo's booking in his if entire I had, career if i had known 
sooner I would have like teed that back up for you. I would have set it up because you would think like, <laughs> hey, oh, I don't know. Maybe it's for a title shot. Right. Maybe we're going to put the TV title on a poll or the right. US title on a poll. Or, you know, something related to the fact that this is a wrestling promotion and we're professional athletes. Nope. 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 Viagra on a pole match. Um, franchise, of course, <laughs> just kind of like goes after the cat. He's really mad at him. And cat's just dying laughing after making this match. <laughs> Which, and then Tori, Tori, I'm not making this up, Harris. Tori holds him back and says he'll have no... She's like, no, 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 stop. You'll have no problem getting up for this match tonight. Uh. He glares at her, and she's just, like, oblivious to what she just said. <laughs> and I swear, I swear you can mate... Like, it's... It, it, I can just hear Vince Russo rolling on the floor, like, clutching his sides as this is going down. Like, I, I just can... I, I can just... I can see it now. Yeah. So here we I go. Do, so here's the thing. At least... Like, clearly, the way this has been booked the entire time, this is like a bottom-of-the-card feud that nobody cares about. So I do kind of enjoy that even the ruling authority is like, I don't take you seriously. Right. Just go out there and have a clown show match. Right. Yeah. So here we go. Bagger on a pole match. I mean, good lord. Um. Well, the pole is up. And it gets even better, Harris, because hanging off of the pole is a bottle okay. of Viagra. But okay. Harris, it's the goofiest looking thing I've ever <laughs> seen. Now, Harris, Viagra's a prescription, right? It comes right. in like a prescription bottle. I think so. I mean, I think they have like generics now, but I don't think they did in 2000. This is not, this is, this is um like in a, and I'm like doing air quotes, like a medicine bottle, like from 1956 with Viagra in huge print. Going diagonal <laughs> down the bottle. Just in case you happen to tune in and you don't know what you're watching. Right. Like, okay, there's also just a million, just like ED and penis puns from the announcers well, just yeah. being flying. And Tony Schiavone, bless his heart, is just trying to keep this on whatever track. Like, this is like during the time when Tony Schiavone was just... Head down, do the job, let's sludge through this crap and be the yes. best soldier I can be. And I feel so bad for him when stuff like this is going on. Um, franchise, of course, comes out to talk. And he again, uh, you know, he says he hates Kidman and tries to defend himself. Um, t Tony says he would like to explain the actual rules of this Viagra on a pole match. Okay. If you get the bottle of Viagra, you can use it on your opponent. I'm sorry? Madden says, wow. And Tony quickly says, you can hit him on the head with it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, One of the announcers tries to say that, like, Mark Madden tries to say... He tries to say that there have been tons of Viagra on a pole matches with all the legendary wrestlers. Like, he just goes on and on about it. Now, again, Harris, this Viagra was brand new at this time. It came out in 1998. Like, it was two years old. <laughs> Tony Schiavone, again, he's just putting his head down, just trying to get through it. This poor guy. Mm -hmm. Madden mm -hmm. is using just 
every pun for penises or erections that he can possibly think of. I mean, everything. Anyway, the match happens. Kidman's kind of in control to start. He's beating down Franchise on the outside. Um, He hits a pretty cool crossbody off the top rope. At one point, Tori kind of like trips Kidman as he's running the ropes, and then that helps Franchise get in control. Madden is still claiming that there have been many historic Viagra on a pole matches, like with Antonio (laughs) Inoki and Muhammad Ali and stuff like that. And Tony Schiavone is trying not to laugh. Um, And he also wonders if Viagra on a pole is redundant. Well, it's certainly ironic, isn't it? Right. At the very least. Right. Um, again, Tony's just trying, he's trying to keep on track and he's trying to talk about how heated this feud is. Like he's just trying to, yeah, but Madden just keeps going with these famous Viagra on a pole matches that never happened. And Tony's just starting to crack and, and every time <laughs> he's doing, he's just trying not to, not to laugh and, and trying to take this seriously. And the match actually isn't terrible. Like it's a decent match. Both nobody guys, remembers that, do they? No, 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 no. Like, both guys are, are, are good in the ring. They're both good in-ring workers. Uh, franchise hits his finisher, the Pittsburgh plunge, kind of a fisherman suplex type thing, and goes, you know, goes goes up the pole. Kidman, though, that pops up at the last second and, and grabs him and power bombs him off the top rope. Kidman then points at the bottle, and Tony says Kidman is going up for the Viagra. He then pauses and says, I never thought... I'd ever say that in my life. Um, again, <laughs> poor guy. Franchise the year of, 2000, we've pointed this out. Some of the best wrestlers on air realizing that they've made poor career choices. That is the best part about it, for sure. Of, in all of wrestling history. It's fantastic for that. It Continue. is. Uh, so Franchise stops him, though, but Kidman hits an unprettier, which he was using as one of his finishers, although he called it a kid crusher. But like Christian's unprettier. Like, you know what that move is? I'm sure I've seen or his it. Kill, he, it I think he changed it to Kill Switch later. But anyway, I'm not going to try and explain it. It's fine. Okay. Other people know That's what fine. I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and he goes to the top. Crowd is actually, like, popping for this. Like, they're they're loud. Kidman, you know, Kidman grabs the Viagra. Tori has been on the apron distracting the ref for apparently no reason. Um, franchise, though, catches Kidman and hits his other finisher on him called the Franchiser. And, and the bottle, it's like he holds them, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, he holds them to where, like, their head is facing behind him. Uh-huh. And, like, you know Matt Hardy's side effect? Yeah. Imagine, like, he held him like that, but instead of, like, slamming him forward, he, like, drops him in, like, a jawbreaker using his shoulder kind of okay. thing. It, it's it's a different looking move. It looks kind of cool. Uh, so he hits that on him, and the bottle just explodes Pills go everywhere. It actually cuts the back of the franchise. The bottle does. <laughs> and uh, the ref sees this and calls for the bell. And franchise wins. Now, the rules were laid out, and it never said that when the bottle is retrieved or used, the match is over. I, I Like, I thought you still had to pin the other guy, but I guess not. Uh, the franchise, quote-unquote, steals the win... So that's what they're insinuating, <laughs> that he stole the win from Kidman. I guess that's okay. why Corey, Tori was distracting the ref, so he didn't see Kidman get the bottle. Now, I looked up the definition of pole match, Harris, because I had no idea what was going on. And uh-huh. this is what it says. In this case, an object is placed 
on a pole that extends from one of the four turnbuckles on the ring uh, with the wrestlers battling under to reach the item first. Unlike ladder match, however, reaching the object doesn't usually end the match. It simply allows uh, that wrestler to use it as a weapon. It's not a no disqualification match. The weapon on the pole is merely the exception to the disqualification rule. And that was a quote. Now, there of course, now there are variations of it. I think they've done it in the past where grabbing the object will win the match like right. a ladder match, but that was never stated here. So I don't know. No one knows, I'm sure. Just the match is over for whatever reason. And somehow franchise stole it from Kidman. Again, I don't know what, how or why. What's funny is when you explain a Viagra on a pole match because that's so transparently stupid. When you said one of them grabs the bottle, hits him with it, and it explodes, I think, okay, and you and you say they stop the match. I think, oh, well, okay. But the fact that they, like, you know, they could have gotten away with that ending the match if they hadn't gone out of their way to say, no, 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 this is a serious Viagra on a pole match, and we're going to give you a very clear explanation of the rules. They never gave like, any clear anything. Okay, well, I was going to say, just let it be a clown show. Just let it happen. Don't say, like, well, no, 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 it's a, it's, it's not fair. He cheated. I know. I. It's okay, I guys. I don't I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know. It's I, always, it's like, it's always two more twists than they need, this entire company. Like, we started the show. It's like, oh, his girlfriend turned on him, and that caused him to right. lose the match? No, 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 no. She just turned on him, and then he lost the match because right. of a different thing. Like, it's, it's too much. I, I, I know. I, oh, I agree. Good Lord. Okay. Okay. Continue. Anyway, okay. Um, afterwards, Tori and Franchise are beating him up more, and Tori's like rubbing Kidman's face in the Viagra pills. What? And, a, <laughs> and, and apparently, Kidman has ingested a ton of them, and the announcers are like worried about him. They're like, they, they don't want him to OD. Like, seriously. They're literally being serious the about this. Yeah. Later in the show, Kidman's walking backstage. He walks past three Nitro girls. Right. They ask, and then they come over to him and ask if they can go back to the hotel with him. He says he's had a hard day. <sighs> and are they sure they want to ride? They do, and they leave. Yeah. I'm glad this company died. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm glad this year of this company died. Um, the next week on Nitro, Kidman comes out to the ring to apologize to Tori. He's got the full shebang. He's got flowers, chocolate, champagne, everything. And he what? says, yes, I'm serious. And he says he's sorry for everything and sorry for showing the tape. And he says he's made this Tori Wilson appreciation night. And he hopes that you know this will help her forgive him and ask her to come out. So she comes down and she looks actually touched and, and kind of pleased. And, you know, he says he loved he loved the time they spent together and all the stuff he learned about her and her life and like all the all the pictures of her life he got to he saw. And he then stops and asks her if she remembers her 16th birthday. And now she looks worried. He says there's one more tape he wants to show. It's not it's not it's not that kind of tape, though. Like you see the crowd pop. And even Madden, <laughs> even Madden is like, is that legal? No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, Arrest and, and, everyone. But he says, no, it's not that kind of tape. He says it's a home video. It's it's tape 
of a birthday party for for Tori. So they show the tape. Her family is there. It, it actually looks like a tape from like a home video tape from the 90s. It even has like the little timestamp, like whatever date, 1992 or something there. Well, yeah. you know, her family's there, her mom and her dad and her mom is, is giving her cake, putting, putting it down. Now we see Tori and she's fat. <laughs> they put Tori in a horrible fat suit to make this video. <laughs> I mean, it looks awful. It, it is, it is one of the worst things I've ever seen. And of course, she just starts shoveling cake into her mouth and being as disgusting as possible. Vince okay. Russo, I just, he's doubled over with laughter. Uh, I'm sure this whole time. It is a mess. And she's watching this and just, she's just mortified. Again, Kidman is the baby face during yep. this whole thing. Remember that. You got to remember that. Otherwise, also, it, it like, makes no sense. Hey, here's a sex tape I stole from you. Right. And I'm now broadcasting on national TV. That's the same level as huh, you used to be fat. Like in her mind, right. it's the same level of insult. In her mind, this That's is worse. That's also incredible. No, in her yeah. mind, this is worse. Yeah. Um, then photos of her high school yearbook picture come like raining down from the rafters for everyone in the <laughs> crowd to take home. <laughs> And it's just this picture of her, like, in this fat suit, like, with the glasses and stuff. Like, just the worst-looking thing ever. Franchise comes out, and Kidman decks him. Then Tori grabs the champagne bottle. And then Kidman turns and decks her, too. Just punches her right in the face. Again, this is a baby face. (laughs) Then, Reno, a guy I'd never heard of before, but he's the boyfriend of one of the girls Kidman went to his hotel with from the week before he comes out just this big hulking dude and and decks him and then franchise whips the crap out of Kidman with his belt that's the end of that segment so now we've entered this other random dude sure why not so this is all leading up to the pay-per-view new blood rising now this has got to be the greatest pay-per-view in the history of the world because this is the one we got surprised David Arquette (laughs) <laughs> so that happened so i had to watch that again but um boy so that's all that that means that buff bagwell and his mother is still happening mm-hmm. yeah this is the end of okay. that okay um great so anyway kidman is taking on franchise in a strap match now the rules of a strap match again again just like i had I was confused with the pole match this is a match i thought i knew but apparently didn't um mm-hmm. the rules of a strap match normally are you you know you you are attached to the other wrestler, wrestler by a long leather strap and the goal is to drag the other wrestler into each corner of the ring in sequence to win that's normally what it is but again right. who knows if that's going to happen properly so the match happens kidman actually does a good job being inventive with the strap he use, uses it a lot in different ways like out of the ring using him to like wrap him around the ring pole like stuff he he's doing it's pretty good it's pretty interesting and, uh, you know, he's in control for the first part of the match. But, of course, at some point it flips and Franchise gets the upper hand. There's a guy with a sign in the crowd that says, I directed Tori's sex tape, which is actually a great sign. Props to that guy. That made me laugh. Uh, so, anyway, Kidman goes for, a, uh, goes for a pin. So, this clearly is not a normal strap match because the ref goes down and counts. So, I guess the strap is just there and it's a normal match. I, I give up. I give up trying to follow match types and rules involved because I don't think anyone knows. 
Uh, Tori at one point tries to hit Kidman with her shoe, but she hits Franchise instead. That's for a two count. Nice little spot there. This is just a really boring match. It is. This is the worst match they've had so far. As far as it's just not interesting. Uh, okay. Kidman ends up kicking out of a Pittsburgh plunge. So that's kind of a big deal, but no one in the crowd cares. Just nobody cares about anything at this point. Um, nothing's on a pole, so no one cares. Um, <laughs> Kidman hits the unprettier again, or as he calls it, the kid crusher, and he gets the pin for the win. Finally gets a win. Beats the franchise. It's the first time in like four matches. Finally gets yep. a win. But okay. of course we can't end there. So Tori comes in with a chair, but she stops, and then Kidman attaches the strap to her. And, of course, starts spanking her with, with the strap, of, of course. Um, franchise is back on the attack. He attacks. So, again, even when Kidman gets the win, he can't go out on top. Ultimate 50-50 booking. Franchise wraps the strap around the neck of Kidman and then hangs him, like, over the turnbuckle. Like, literally, he is hanging him. It's not like, a, oh, well, he's grabbing the strap and hold. No, he goes into the, into the corner. He's wrapped his neck around. He, like, stands on the corner, like, facing the crowd and pulls the strap, like, over his back and then stands up. So Kidman is, like, draped over Franchise's back and off the ground just by, like, he's flailing in the air Jeez. with nothing. Like, it looks bad. It looks really bad. And uh, someone called Big Vito comes out and saves Kidman. I've never heard of this guy in my life. And okay. uh, he chases Franchise away. And Kidman was, like, literally almost killed on a pay-per-view. Uh, it, I mean, it's bad looking. Reno then come, Reno comes out again and attacks Big Vito. So now we have two random people I'd never heard of before that are somehow involved for some reason. Anyway, um, the next night on Nitro, there's a tag match. Kidman and Vito beat... Um, uh, Reno and franchise and uh, there's a course of beatdown afterwards a bunch of other people come out and Kidman was actually legitimately injured during that hanging spot he hurt his throat yeah. and so he was, like he's actually off TV now for several weeks so <laughs> okay. now, but the story continues right now again we've been through a ton with this feud you know it's insane and we can't get any weirder than this right I mean we've had a Viagra on a pole match right Harris Right. Wrong. At Fall Brawl, okay. we're going to get Franchise and Kidman in mm -hmm. a Pittsburgh Plunge Scaffold match. Oh, good lord. Now, just put a pin in that. I'll get to it in a minute. Uh, but there's more stuff to talk about first. Now, now if, it, if it wasn't complicated enough, we go to Thunder on September 6th. So this is a few weeks after this because Kidman's been off the air. Franchise wrestled a, wrestles a guy called Crowbar who he's had some matches with lately while Kidman, Kidman's been out. Uh, Tori helps him, and he wins. And then afterwards, Daphne comes out for some reason and attacks Tori. Her, her boyfriend comes out too. And then when Franchise and Tori are standing tall, they've beaten everyone else up. Who shows up but Medusa? Medusa returns and kicks Tori Wilson and kicks Franchise out of the ring. I, I, I don't know why. Medusa, of course, a legend as far as women's wrestlers go. One of the, you know, one of the big defectors from WWF to WCW in the early days of the Monday Night Wars. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's here for some reason. 
So we're going to find out why, Harris. The next Nitro, Medusa, they interview her, and she says she hates Tori Wilson, and uh, she actually wants to train her to actually wrestle. What? Okay. She says Russo hired her. Apparently, she's one of like the coaches at the power plant or one of the trainers or something. And she says Russo hired her to take these girls who were just hired for their looks and teach them what wrestling is. Again, what? Didn't Russo hire these women in the first place? Why is he mad about them now? Why does Medusa care? Also, isn't this this like a heel thing? But she's the face. Nothing makes sense. This is something I feel like Russo did a lot, which is like he would try to break the fourth wall or like echo criticisms that fans had but he wouldn't like do it in a way that worked or made you root for a baby face he just did it in a way where he was trashing his own product live on television right like without fixing it and that's kind of what this is like harris this whole thing has been absurd but this might be the thing that makes the least amount of sense why medusa would care or is here at all tori hasn't even wrestled she's not even a wrestler like yeah. she's a valet. She's a man. She's not even a wrestler. So why? Well, that's like, why does that matter? It's not like oh, I'm here to win the title because you deserve to have a champion, like a women's no. champion who's good at wrestling. No, no, I'm gonna teach her how to wrestle. She's not even a wrestler. Yeah, like we don't. I don't, I don't care. Don't make her better if you don't like her. It doesn't like none of it works. It doesn't make any sense. Um, of course, this leads to Tori having a match against Medusa. Okay. Medusa beats the crap out of her for no more than 90 seconds, and then Franchise comes in to help her, but he, of course, gets decked by Medusa, but that doesn't last long, and Franchise eventually starts beating her up. He gets her in a submission, and they have a mic and are yelling at her while he's just torturing her in the submission. Then Kidman comes in for the save. Now, he's been gone for a few weeks, but he's now back. He clears the ring, and Medusa then grabs the mic and says she's going to be in this match. It's now a Pittsburgh plunge scaffold mixed tag team match oh wait boy. so it's an oh okay okay yep now it is uh now again you would you would think that would be the last thing we would get to lead up to the pay-per-view match right this is the big reveal we got everything set and that would be it wrong two days later on thunder they actually wrestle each other in a tag team match <laughs> like like four days before the pay-per-view sure why not franchise also he had grabbed the mic before the match and guarantees a win and he guarantees not only a win but he guarantees he will throw both of them or, or he will throw one of them off the scaffold or he will refund all the people's money okay okay uh, the match ends in a no contest of course um of course but now we're on to the final payoff harris this is what we've been building to that we didn't even know. Uh, Fall Brawl 2000. Franchise and Tori versus Kidman and Medusa. Now, this is a pitch, Pittsburgh plunge scaffold match. For one uh, for one thing, where do you think this pay-per-view is being held? That's right. Buffalo, New York. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say. It's got to be Pittsburgh. So, therefore, it's definitely not in Pittsburgh. Right, it's called that because that's one of the franchise's finishing moves. But, okay, right. why did you just name a match after one of the wrestlers finished? It, it it doesn't make, you know, it's whatever. It doesn't make any sense. Um, mm-hmm. The match takes place on a scaffold 20 feet above the stage. 
and the goal is to get from one side of the scaffold, like each team starts on one side, and the goal yep. is to get to the other side and then to climb to the bottom. That's yep. how you win. So, uh, by the way, like we we've talked about a couple pole matches, infamously stupid. Right. Scaffold matches are also infamously stupid, not sure. because they're just inherently silly, but because they're this incredible combination of dangerous and not entertaining. Right. Which makes them like the worst possible thing in pro wrestling. Now, this at is... least pole matches are so stupid that they're silly. Yeah. Scaffold matches, you're just like, no, don't. Now, don't, this one is actually this. fairly decent for a scaffold match, and I'll tell you why in a second. Because um, they okay. change it up a little bit. Um, so the first team to do that wins. So the entrances are made. I also just realized this while I was watching it because I've been watching. And, you know, you watch the same people make like a million entrances. So you hear like their mm -hmm. music a million times. And I just uh -huh. realized the franchise entrance music is an instrumental like ripoff of Deep Purple's Perfect Strangers. And I just realized that at this point of watching it. Like the whole time in my head, something sounded familiar, but I didn't really think about it. And then I realized that's, that's exactly what it is. Now, it makes sense because it's very common in WCW. Like, DDP's music was a generic version of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Jericho's <laughs> was Jericho's was Even Flow by Pearl Jam. Like, th this happened across the board. Like, a lot. That's really funny. To where WWE Network, if you watch matches, DDP's is his WWE theme that they've pumped in. And Jericho's is his WWE theme as well, pumped in. Like, it's not those themes. And they've changed it in the in the broadcast, which is actually quite annoying. But they haven't changed this one, so um. Anyway. Shout out to uh, shout out by the way to Bailey, whose theme song, er, at least before she turned heel, is a note for note ripoff of Owl City's "Good Time," <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'm the only person on the planet who is familiar with both Owl City and wrestling. Yeah, so I they've been know. able to get away with it for this long. But okay, fair enough, I know it. I don't think anyone else does, but I'm on to you, WWE. Sure, why not? Um, so anyway, the scaffold is across the stage, and uh, both teams get on the scaffold, and then it is raised like high above the ring. So you see it like slowly go up. And this just seems, of course, as we talked about earlier, just very dangerous because there's no railing or anything. Like, it's just, it's just like, it's just a, a long. Think now they did make it longer, like I mean, or like wider. It's pretty wide, so it's not like as narrow as some of the others you've seen. But mm -hmm. still, like there's no railing or anything. Um, again, this just seems very dangerous. Of course, Mark Madden is making jokes about Medusa's boobs. I don't know why. And Tony, Tony literally stops him, and he says, he literally goes, "I'd like to try and sell this match a little bit. Please get your boob jokes out quickly." <laughs> he literally says that and then man's like all right i'm done <laughs> oh man i was really hoping he'd have like he'd be like i never thought you'd ask and pull out a binder I know, that would like... have been funny but oh, no man um okay and again it takes a while for this thing to raise like it rises so slowly that they're just standing there for like a good couple of minutes and you're just like all Great. right let's go finally gets up you know, it gets to whatever the height is, like 20 feet above or something. And uh, the bell rings, and here we go. Franchise and Kidman go at it right away while Tori's just, like, clinging to the side, like the truss on the side. Medusa, Smart. of course, goes over to her, takes her down, and, and you know, knocks her around a little bit. And now, again, this is not a sca – this scaffold is not like the one that's really famous in, like, the Road Warriors versus Midnight Express match. From like nineteen eighty six. Yeah, that's what I'm picturing. It's not like that, like a rickety thing with that. It's not that. It's 
it's like a this big fancy thing that was specifically built for like a wrestling match. So it doesn't look like that, and it, it's pretty wide. So like you can move on it. Like they're taking back body drops on it and stuff. Like they're doing moves. Like it's mm. kind of terrifying. It's it's kind of impressive actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Medusa also goes after the franchise for a while. Tori is just crouched near the edge the whole time. And then she slowly starts just crawling on hands and knees towards the other side. Uh, Medusa goes for the other ladder. And then uh, Franchise power slams Kidman on the scaffold, which looks really cool. Um, again, the, some of this stuff is impressive with you know the situation they're in. Uh, Medusa is yeah. trying to climb down, as is Tori. Kidman gets hit with the Franchise's finishing move. So he's out for the count right now. And Franchise goes after Medusa. They're both tr- starting to climb down, and then he just starts kicking her, like, underneath him. She, she low blows him above her, but but he responds by just kicking her off the scaffold. Just kicks her off. She just sails down to the ground. Mm. So so Kidman and Medusa win, right? First one down wins? Wrong. The announcers have to scramble and clarify for us that one must climb down themselves to the ground to win. So it's not like a cage match, I guess, where... If you get out first, you win no matter what. But that would have been nice to explain beforehand than afterwards. <laughs> Again, so for the second time in this feud, they third. Yeah, they screw up the end. You don't know what's going on with them. I don't know. I think this was planned. I just they didn't explain anything because right, no one knows right. what's no, going that's on. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. So now it's, it's just like it's which, just by dumb. the way, this is why scaffold matches are stupid because one of it's many kind reasons. of like. Yeah, well, it's like a cage match, except the only, like, if throwing your opponent anywhere won them the match. Like, there's always some dumb cage match finish where you accidentally, you know, you can see them, like, accidentally escaping because they miss you on a big move or something dumb like that. But that's almost the default thing to happen in a scaffold match. Like, you're not going to set that up and go to all that trouble. If somebody's not getting thrown off it. Right. Uh, so anyway, now it's two on one, or really one on one. Tori doesn't really count. Um, and Kidman is drop kicking Franchise up on the scaffold. Franchise mm-hmm. is, you know, back up there, and he's just slamming Kidman back and forth. Tori, though, sneaks up from behind and, of course, low blows Kidman. Franchise then grabs him and throws him off the scaffold, and he just crashes through the front of the stage. Like, it mm. looks awesome. They then, of course, just walk over and walk to the side of the scaffold and climb down, and Franchise lets Tori go first and, and get the win. But it looks pretty cool. Like, you know, I mean, Kidman just goes flying 20 feet through the side of the stage, which is pretty cool. Um, but, Harris, after all this, the heels get the big moment and the big win. Yay. Like, what was the point? I don't know, but the this. faces don't sound like good faces either. That's so true too. But again, if Kidman, I'm just like y'all are all the worst. If Kidman and Medusa were the heels, which they clearly acted like, this payoff would have made a lot more sense. But they were the faces, apparently, so this doesn't really accomplish anything at all. It just that's it. What a weird like you would think, like the sex tape and the Viagra on a pole would be like the pinnacle seems right. too generous but at least like the apex of this angle and mm-hmm. then they were like all right but let's you know let's let's just let's slow down let's just make it a tag match now you're like wait what <laughs> even on a scaffold scaffold matches <sighs> suck but it's still it seems like a step down from viagra on a pole 
You know yes, what I mean? I, no, like, I, if, I totally agree. Like, I feel like if this, if Rusev and Bobby Lashley have a one-on-one match with no stipulations at WrestleMania, it's going to feel like kind of a letdown. Right. You know what I mean? Like, something weird better happen there. You would think. Lana on a pole. Let's make it happen, folks. Oh, let's please. That would be hilarious. Or, no, hear- again, I agree with P- Punk. Put her in a shark cage. That's what I was going to say. I'm glad you heard that because I was about to bring that up. Something like that. Like, whenever they have a blow-off match, it's going to feel like a blow-off match. It's not going to be this weird half ass blow-off, you know? I hope so. Yeah. Anyway, that's the story. The long... Oof. And again, this isn't even all that long. It's like three or it's like three months. <laughs> I was, I was really, really like July that, to. I guess yeah. this is like September. So it's I really, was really like hoping two, three months. I, I know you drop the time as you go, but I was really hoping it would be like this took place over two weeks or something ridiculous. <laughs> that would be funny. Not quite, but still, good lord, no. A lot I'm, happens. A lot happens, but uh. No kidding. It's it's one for the ages, that's for sure, man. I now, don't think we'll ever see a Viagra on a pole match again. I, we might speak that into existence. That might that's be what fine with me. Hey, that'll be an accomplishment if we can do that. Yeah, that's true. And we can plug this episode a lot. Here's yeah. the other thing that I will just say, comparing it, because, you know, I started the show with that long description of the Lashley-Lana wedding. At least in this entire mess, like I said at the beginning, you know that Lana is a heel. She right. plays one very well. Even if she's not doing a good acting job, you know exactly what her job is. Right. And it's for you to hate her and want to see Rusev win. Sure. This is a stupid angle. Rusev is getting over as the face, and people like to cheer him and root for him to show up and beat these guys up. Oh, kind of. It doesn't sound like that really happens in this angle at all. Uh, not, yeah, not really. They didn't do a very That's good job of that. That's the biggest failure of it all. I, you know, if you're going to be stupid and offensive, somebody needs to come out of it at least popular, if yeah. not looking better. You yeah, they know? really did a disservice to Kidman, I think, with this whole Yeah, with and this that's whole kind angle. of, you know, there's a lot you can say about WCW. I almost feel like that is the problem it's not that they were stupid and offensive because wwf has done a lot of stuff that's stupid and offensive yes. we've covered a lot of it yes we have but especially during this time like in the late 90s early 2000s like the end of the monday night wars they were doing stuff that made people get over even if it was stupid and offensive you know what i mean like that's yeah. the big difference yes boy anyway so that's that story <laughs> very long story and uh, thanks a lot for listening, everyone, to this you episode of Behind the Gorilla. You yeah. did. You made it. Congratulations. Follow us on Twitter at Behind underscore Gorilla. Tweet out all the updates to the shows, all the links to the shows, and uh, about whatever wrestling we're watching at the time, which is not a lot recently. It's AEW and NWA every now and then, and then Wrestle Kingdom just this past weekend. And that's about it. Harris is never on there, really. I just I got I just logged back on. So I know because it sent me now. like a warning yeah. thing, which yeah. was funny. And I was like, oh, Harris must be back on. I had to um, I had to mute like every wrestling account that I follow on my personal account this morning though because I didn't want to see any spoilers. <laughs> Fair enough. For night two, I just got I, I paused it. I'm gonna finish it tonight. But I got to the Jericho match. That's where I am. So I'll finish that tonight. I'll probably tweet my own thoughts out, but. Fair I'm enough. back on the official account now, so cool. if you see anything about Bailey or Roman Reigns or whatever, that's that's me. 
anything about WWE at all, those are hits. Yes. All right. Well, thanks a lot, everyone, for listening. Um, I hope you got some sort of enjoyment from that and uh yeah if you have any if you have any episodes you want us to talk about feel free send us to them on twitter at behind underscore gorilla because we're more than happy to take any of your suggestions on ridiculous dumb crazy insane wrestling angles for sure we'd love to have them follow me on twitter at marky mark brand and i'm at harris wilson so do that as well and uh leave us a uh rating and review on on itunes apple Podcasts. it always helps same time all right Harris, we made it. Made it through another episode. And uh, we'll do it again next week. So thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll talk to you next week.